you, just uh, if you can find your way back to your seats. It's good to see all the fellowship. Isn't it wonderful when you wake up around 6 a.m. and the sun's coming up and it's like 65 degrees, a little cool breeze, and you're in Michigan and you just look up and say, thank you, Lord. Oh, what beautiful weather we're having for this Memorial Day weekend. And so we, we praise God for whatever we get when it comes to weather, but we especially praise Him and I think are even more thoughtful when we enjoy just such wonderful, beautiful weather. And then to gather in the church as God's family, His children here at the Kentwood Christian Church, we celebrate the goodness of God. This morning we're in part three of the sermon series, Timeless Truths. We started this series with a text that reminded us that those who fear the Lord will be delivered because God will send His angel to surround them. What a comforting truth for all times to know that no matter where you go in this life, that your God, because of your standing in all, standing in adoration, praising Him with your lips, worshiping Him with your heart, giving Him honor and glory with your life, that He sends His angel to surround you, watch over you, and keep you protected. That, my friends, my brothers and sisters, is a timeless truth. And I hope that you are enjoying that principle that God has laid out for us. The second text that we looked at reminded us that when we wait on the Lord, although it's hard to wait, that as believers, He will renew our strength and we will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not grow tired. That we will mount up on wings like eagles and soar up above all the danger that is below. What a timeless truth. And today in part three, a passage that is familiar probably to so many of you, but is another powerful truth. But you see, the reality is God's truth, His spiritual principles for our lives, we don't experience them unless we are pursuing them. We don't experience them in their fullest unless we are surrendering to them. I'm 56 years old, and I feel like I've learned some things at this age. As I reflect back with the verse that I'll share with you in just a moment, I realize that there was a lot of my life, even lived during... Christian faith, that there was worry, worry. And the worry would be different degrees. And because the Bible teaches from the lips of Jesus, don't worry, well, you'd have to change the word. Well, it's not worry, it's just concern. But it was worry. We all worry. We all have concerns. And it's in varying degrees for us all. But now, at the age of 56, 
I look back and I find, truly find, that I do not worry near as much. And that's only because of the Lord. Hopefully, if if you're younger, you can embrace this text that we'll look at, two verses, and embrace it in such a way that you can bypass a lot of the unhealthy anxiety that we bring into our lives because we want to know how will things work out. How do I prepare so that this doesn't happen? Am I being wise? Am I making the best decisions? You know, it's important to be wise. It's important to have knowledge. It's important to have wisdom. But just like Proverbs 21 tells us, a horse is made ready for the battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. We do our part. And we walk in the flow and the harmony of God's truth. But the victory in life, our lives, belongs to the Lord. Amen? And so, in the first four verses of Proverbs chapter 3, the writer says... To the listening audience. Oh please love God's word. Please love God's word. And make room for God's word in your heart. And just rest in his word. Allow his word to be such a deep and rich part of who you are. Because it will bring unmeasured blessing in your lives. And then he gets to Proverbs 3, verse 5. And the writer says, Trust in the Lord with all of your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. Beautiful verse. But what a difficult verse to embrace and live by. But I promise you, if you're not there yet, and you take hold of the hand of Jesus, and you keep your eye on the living God, He will get you there. And it is... A beautiful place to be. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. As I said earlier, when I was younger, I wanted to know how it was going to happen. How it would go down. What the end results would be. Wanted to know, didn't want to be surprised, nothing unexpected, and yet you sort of learn that this world that God made is very uh, unexpected and things take place that you absolutely have no control of whatsoever. 
things that you couldn't think to plan for because you didn't think would be a part of your life. So what is it for you? What event, what concern, what worry, what anxiety do you have and feel and live with? Anxiety and fear that causes you to be sleepless. To go to bed exhausted and to rise tired. What is it for you? Worry affects our health. It affects our emotional state. And all the time, there is a timeless truth that comes from a God that doesn't lie, the one and only God, who there is none like Him, for there is no other God, says, trust in me. Trust in me. Have faith in me. Believe in me. Look to me. Reach out to me. Take my hand. And I'll be there with you and walk with you. I'll carry you often. But just trust me. And not in part. Because there's a reality. In which you can get to a place where your trust becomes greater and greater progressively until whether you understand it or not, you simply say, I am trusting in the Lord with all of my heart. But this part here of lean not on your own understanding, boy, do we do that. Do we lean on our own understanding so often that's our default? We think we know best. We think we know how to handle it. And we just lean back into our minds and self-reliance. And I can fix this. I can work it out. I'll solve it. I'll get through it. And yet, your God who created you and fashioned you in His image, who knows you like no other, says, trust in me in your circumstances with all of your heart and do not allow yourself to try to lean into your thoughts and your understanding and your self-reliance and your fix-it attitude. Because that's not where I want you. And when you find yourself there, it's going to cause you heartache and problems. Now, as I said earlier, the horse is made ready for battle. But the victory belongs to the Lord. So we're just not passive in that we're not living the life. What we are is active in pursuing God, looking to God, filling ourselves with His Word, His wisdom, His knowledge, His principles, His truth, His laws. And then we wait on the Lord. And even though we might not be able to figure things out, He does for us. And He opens doors. 
and he closes doors. How many of you have had a door close, closed that has caused you pain? Closed doors, closed in relationships, closed in jobs, closed with family, closed with children, closed with parents, closed, 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 and you grieve it. That door was closed and I wanted it open. What happened to that opportunity? That was right for me. That's your own understanding. You know what I love about this verse right here is this word lean. Patrick, don't lean on your wife, Danielle. Don't even lean on your children. Don't lean on your church family. Lean against God. You lean on your spouse. And you can lean on your church family. And you can lean on your kids, but you better make sure they're leaning on God. Are you leaning on God? When's the last time you leaned have you ever thought, I just thought about that. I was thinking about that. I was out in the garden this morning, just with the Lord, like, when's the last time I've leaned? And it just like, leaned against that post? Leaned against that tiller? Leaned against the truck? I've leaned, you know, against my wife. Why do we lean? We lean because it gives us a little bit of rest. Takes some pressure off. So trust in the Lord with your entire being. And don't lean on yourself. Lean on your God who loves you. Lean on your God who has given you his truth for your life. And lean on him and that truth as you live it out the best that you can. Because something wonderful happens when you do that. In all your ways, submit to him. The more probably accurate word there that's in most translations is acknowledge. Same idea. But acknowledge, I think, gives a better word picture. So after you've trusted in the Lord with all of your heart, in varying degrees for some, but you're trying to get there, and you're not leaning against your own understanding because you're leaning back and buttressing yourself against God in this life, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. How are you acknowledging God in your daily life? Because it's a daily process. Well, first, I think we acknowledge God to himself from ourself. Second, I think we acknowledge God to others. When is the last time you've acknowledged God? When's the last time you just said, you said, okay, I've got a little free time here, out for a walk. Whatever you, whatever you do, on the golf course, you know, at, at the racetrack. I don't know. Everybody's got different things they do. And it's like, I've got a little quiet time. It's just, it's just me. 
driving down the road, headed when and what and how do you acknowledge God? And what does it look like to acknowledge Him? You see, whenever the Lord is such a growing presence in your life, basically everything that happens, you're thankful for and you want to rejoice in. And you want to shout praise too. And you do that to the Lord because you know He's the source of all of those things because of His promises. Lord, thank You for loving me. God loves us, loves you. Thank You for loving me. Oh, Father, thank You for Your kindness to me in this situation. Thank you, Lord, for the rest that you've given me. Thank you, Father, for the peace that I feel. Oh, Lord, these two sweet children that I've got my arm wrapped around, thank you for bringing them into my lives. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a son. Thank you for giving me a daughter. It was from your hand. You tell us that children, they're a gift from God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blood shed of Jesus so that my sin could be forgiven when I looked to him, surrender, and cried out, confessed my sin, and with a believing heart repented and turned away from that sin and was baptized to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promise of eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the sweat that's running down my brow. Thank you, Lord, for the taste of this food. Lord, I know people. You brought them into my life because of throat cancer and radiation. They can't swallow. They don't get to eat. They have to be fed through a tube in their stomach. Thank you, Lord, for the taste of food that I get to taste. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a little stiff a lot of the times, but I'm up and moving, Lord. Lord, I, I thank you. You're the God that allows me to see. You're the God that allows me to hear. You're the God that allows me to touch. Thank you, God. That's acknowledging God. Thank you for your word, Lord. I acknowledge your word. It tastes good. Your word is sweet. And then you just, you can go on and on for hours. I'm serious. Literally, you can go on for hours. When is the last time you've acknowledged your God? You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the God that broke the shackles of the Egyptian bondage that your people went through for so long. You're the God that breaks chains. You're the God that fills me with the Holy Spirit. You're the God, even with all these allergies, gives me nasal cords so that I can make it through a sermon. <coughs> but you do have laws. I'm telling you, church family, are you acknowledging your God? Acknowledge Him. Submit to Him. Surrender to Him. And what's He going to do for you? 
He's going to make your path straight. A straight path. You see, you look back at this passage in context, and it seems to be saying that God doesn't want you to waste your life. God doesn't want you to waste your life. Doesn't want you to waste it with worry. Doesn't want you to waste it with undue concern. Doesn't want you going off course and getting hurt in ways that you didn't have to. Wants you to know that He's there. Wants you to know that He cares. So He makes your path straight. Now I want to tell you, that is a beautiful, timeless truth. So I'd like you to close your eyes with me. Just bear with me and just close your eyes. Even bow your head if you would. And I'm going to quote this passage of Scripture. And you can, to yourself, say it along with me. And you know as fast as our minds work, let it be a prayer that you're coming before God in the areas that you need to really change. Trust in the Lord. With all of your heart. And lean not. On your own understanding. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he. Will make your paths. Straight. Amen. take this truth with you. Live it. Celebrate it. Let yourself lie down in it. And you will have a peace that very few people know. I can see it sometimes in people's faces like, but you don't know my problem. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. Maybe not. But He does. And time and time again in Scripture, He is the God who has the plan for your life. And He delivers you as you are surrendered before Him many times when we probably don't even realize it. But many other times when we do, He delivered again and again His people throughout Scripture. And so, I pray that this passage of Scripture is a blessing to life and that it is truly one of those life verses that you see as a timeless truth because you know as well as I do we need timeless truths in truthless times, brothers and sisters. May God be praised and every man be a liar for he is good and let us walk, hold his hand and rejoice that he is our God And we are the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Let us all stand.
as we continue to praise and worship the God of this passage of Scripture. We want to thank God for giving us Jesus Christ. That's always first and most important on our hearts, right? That God sent Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Prince of Peace. He laid down His life for us, died on the cross, shed His blood, was raised and lifted up, and then buried, but on the third day, raised to life. And now sits at the right-hand side of the Father. You know, in Scripture, we are told in John 15, 13 by Jesus, that no one has a greater love than the one who lays down his life for his friends. And what a, a fitting text to remember the greatness of his love as he laid down his life for us. And especially on this Memorial Day, when we look back and we remember all those men and women who have laid down their lives early to give us freedom, the freedom that we have in this country, freedom to worship. God has shed His grace on the United States of America. We may not have it all right. There may be a lot wrong. But God has shed His grace on His lives of the people that He loves, but on this nation. And so we praise Him for that. And we ask that His hand would stay on our lives and that His hand would stay on this country and that there would be a revival and that we would turn back to Him and be truly a nation that is a godly nation. Let that be your prayer as we sing.